Hey, Cindy, how are you doing today? I'm good. How are you? Good, good. I'm really excited about today's show. We're going to be talking uh, to Andrew Brewer, who is the executive director of Men Making a Difference. And we're really going to be focusing on mentorship today. Uh, so let's talk about mentorship for a little bit, Cindy. Yeah, I, I would love to. I think everyone is where they are today with the help of, of some mentor along the way. And one of my favorite bosses ever, he always said to me that um, he had this philosophy of coaching, teaching, and mentoring. So you're always coaching and teaching, coaching, teaching, and mentoring people that are behind you, but you're always getting coaching, teaching, and mentoring from people that are in front of you. And that was huge to me because that meant that I should always be learning and gathering information from people that have already walked the path or that are doing something unique, but I should be sharing my knowledge as well with the people behind me, with the group that needs mentorship or they're trying to learn something new. And it was, it was profound. And so I, I think since then I've had a warm fuzzy in my heart, especially, you know, an, an aspect of mentorship to them. So I'm, I'm thinking, you know, Girl Scouts, Boy Scouts, you think about, you know, church youth groups potentially, or maybe um, after school clubs or sports clubs. When you think about coaches, um, athletic coaches, you know, there are a lot of um, YMCA groups, that sort of thing locally, big brothers, big sisters. There are so many um, amazing people out there that want to provide these services to kids that could that need mentorship. They need someone to tell them um, that they're they're important and show them the way. Paul, well, did you I, have a, a mentor somewhere along the way that you think of fondly? Well, I I really didn't as a kid. Not as not as I would have thought as a mentor. Most of the mentorship that I received was more when I was an adult. However, I do feel. Now I've turned around and have been able to mentor both uh, youth and um, college students and, uh, you know, and even adults or colleagues. Um, and Paul, I, I can't hear you. At all? What? What's going on? You can't hear me? Uh, I'm not muted. Uh, all right. We might have to start this over. I don't know what's going on. I can't hear. For some reason, I can't hear you. I can see you. Can you hear me? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And is your sound coming through okay? Uh, you can hear yourself or you, yeah. can, you see yeah. bars. Yep. I don't know what's going on, but I can't hear anything that you're saying. And I kept thinking, oh, it's going to come back check, on in a minute. Check, check, check. Yeah. I heard you in the beginning, but then I didn't. I haven't heard you since you spoke. No, I'm. Uh, um, can we get back on? Should I get back on the my my laptop and try it that way? Yeah, or do you we think could. It's something on your end? No, no, I don't think it's on my end because I I just checked the audio here. It's working. Okay, hold on. And I hear you perfectly. This is the other reason why it's not live, Andrew. 
Okay. We get to we get to record it. <laughs> uh, oh, there's Cindy. Okay. Okay. Wow. Okay. All right. Okay, I can hear you. You can hear me. <laughs> All right. So All right. We'll, what we'll do is we'll. Uh, can you cut that right after I I talked? Yeah, we'll cut it. Yours. We'll cut it from. Um, you know what? Let me uh, bring up. I'm gonna throw. I'm gonna throw up this uh, intro again. We can start right from that intro again. All right. Does that so work? From the, are we still gonna start from the very beginning? Yeah, we're gonna have okay. to. All right. I don't because I don't know where it cut out um, for you because I heard everything perfectly. So it's gonna be hard to decipher. Um. You want to just start from the beginning? Yeah, I'm sorry. No, nope, that's I okay. I just could not hear you. I saw you talking. That's okay. So, all right. I'm going to do that again. So we'll start from there. All right, ready? Hit it. Hey everybody, how you doing? Welcome back, Cindy, to episode four of Mission Control. This is a podcast in which we talk to nonprofits about being nonprofit, all the all the great things and a little bit of the not so great things, just to just to hear the the nuts and bolts of what happens within nonprofit organizations. And today we are going to be, I'm excited to welcome on my friend Andrew Brewer. Uh, the executive director of Men Making a Difference that's based here in Lansing, Mich Michigan. I know there's a lot of Men Making a Difference organizations across the country, but we're talking about the one in Lansing, the one that I know. And uh, I'm excited to hear his story. But we're also going to have a theme of mentorship as part of that. And I know that his his organization really focuses on that. So there we go. Mentorship. Cindy, how do you feel about mentorship? Throwing it out there. I, I think it's amazing. And one of my um, my favorite bosses said to me that he had a philosophy of coaching, teaching, and mentoring. And that meant that um, you were always meant to be coaching, teaching, and mentoring the people that are coming behind you. But you're also meant to be taking in coaching, teaching, and mentoring from people that are in front of you. And that was profound to me because it, it kept me hungry that I was supposed to keep learning. Even if I was at the top of some organization, I needed to keep learning some way or finding someone that would challenge me, but also that I kind of had this responsibility to the people coming up behind me to mentor them so that they could come up and, and learn some new skills. It's, it's amazing when you think about it like that. And there are so many nonprofits that I have um, a heart for just because they're mentoring youth. And I think that that's huge. You think about Boy Scouts and Girl Scouts, you think about um, after school clubs and church groups, you think about teachers, you think about, um, you know, athletic coaches and, and the difference that these people make in the lives of children. And sometimes those kids may not have someone telling them how great they are or have someone that's a great role model. So it's huge. I, I know locally you think of Big Brothers, Big Sisters and the YMCA and, and so many other great groups that are doing this service. So. Paul, tell me who's mentored you that's made a difference. Well, it's funny. 
because because it seems like when I was younger, it didn't have the key mentor that maybe a lot of folks, maybe some some youth don't have it. And most of my mentors popped in when I was a little bit older into college and uh, uh, into the, you know, into my adult world. But, you know, like you mentioned, it, it is about giving back. And so that's one of the things that I've done in my my career is to be able to give back to high schoolers, to, to college age um, folks and um, even colleagues in, in my, in, in, in my sphere. In fact, I'm a, I'm a mentor right now uh, for a young up and coming entrepreneur. And I meet with them every week and we talk about successes and, um, and some of the, I don't want to call them failures, but you know, some of the things that may have not gone well, but you know, just, just trying to, so they can, um, you know, feel their way. And I think that that's the case with a lot of organizations. You mentioned a lot of great ones. And fortunately for what we do here, um, we've worked with several of those folks and you can't really um, um, just put a, put a, uh, a number on that immense amount of influence that they have on the kids. And a lot of it turns back and cause those, those kids learn a lot and they're able to be able to take what they learn and, and become mentors themselves. So it's kind of one of those gift that keeps on giving type type deal um, with that. So I'm, so, I'm wondering, you know, we have a very special guest today and I'll let you share that in a minute, but I'm wondering, I have questions for people that, that kind of oversee mentorship organizations, because I would assume that there's always a need for volunteers that, mm -hmm. you know, quality volunteers that meet the needs of the child. But I'm also wondering how mentorship has gone during COVID, you know, now that we can't specifically meet up in person, how people have changed the way they're mentoring. Well, I think that's a wonderful segue, and I think it's time to bring on our special guest, Andrew Brewer, uh, from Men Making a Difference. So after this little momentary break, we're going to meet with Andrew. Yay. And there he is, Andrew there Brewer. There he is. <laughs> Executive Director of Men Making a Hello. Difference. How are you doing, Andrew? Oh, I'm doing great. Um, thank you for having me on your show. Oh, no worries. Thank you for making the time. But before we start getting into, as we call it, the nuts and bolts of uh, nonprofit work here for your organization, why don't you tell us a little bit about your story and how you came to create Men Making a Difference or develop it in, in the way it is today? Um, it, it started tell you the truth it was I, I hate to use the word accident but it wasn't planned um we started um with a thought you know me and other guys we got tired of just sitting around just going to a bar and just hanging out and just going to work um we wanted something that was useful that that was tangible and something that we could be proud of um so when i i i, I came up with the concept i wanted to um just feed the community. So I, I saved up $300. And before I know it, we had a, a small picnic at Hawk Island. And that was the beginning of um, man making a difference. And it started developing. Of course, we didn't know what we were doing. 
But each of the guys, what was so cool about it, each of them, after they seen me get a 300, they finally, um, they chipped in $40 a piece. So we had a small gathering in behold us. We did not know that that would turn into a man making a difference and turn to family community cookout where um, the last year before last due to COVID, but we had over 1500 people. So that was, it shows you how, what I liked about it best is that it came from the grassroots. It wasn't no fancy organization. Um, we didn't know about boardman. We had to learn everything that we wanted to learn. So we really came up and from the, from the ground up, which is beautiful. Meeting a need. I love it. So, so Andrew, um, when you developed men making a difference, like you, like you said, it's a grassroots thing. How was the perception? I mean, I mean, other than the fact that you got a group of, I mean, how did, how was that perception of what you were doing? Um, uh, like perceived, I guess that's the best, <laughs> that's the only word I can think of. It. How was the perception perceived in in the community for what you guys were doing? Um, what it was something different. You got to realize that we we had we we what we had seen. We seen a void, especially in the black community. We seen a void that wasn't there. Um, they had a, a organization called um, Black Men Incorporated, but they were mostly businessmen. Um, um, very all of them you know college educated but we didn't see any men working in the community that we could relate to the only men that we seen working in the community were football coaches we didn't see the the men you know um cooking for the community um going to the nursing homes or going to the elderly like friendship manner and connecting with them um or just um giving out hot dogs on the street because that was cool to do we didn't see that so we were brought up seeing that, but we didn't see that anymore. So that was our main focus. And once the community seen, um, they didn't, it wasn't a big trust there at first, because a lot of times when you start something, people wondering, what's the hidden agenda? Why are you doing this? But we started that in 2007. And before you know it, um, the city council caught on, um, boys and girls caught on. Um, Davies Project, a lot of the community, and it got it became more diverse. At first, it was mainly in the black community, and as it got diverse, it became much, much better and much more on uh, reaching more people. And so that was the blessing of it, and the perception, the way we perceived, people um, appreciated us. So, is this uh, is this an all volunteer? organization oh yes nobody gets paid yeah that was that was one of the, the 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 best things we wanted to do um we felt obligated to give back to our community and i know cindy you had a question about the volunteers yes i'm just wondering about your pool of volunteers where they come from and if they're they're meeting the needs for how many kids that you see are searching for mentorship and how the volunteers have continued to um, provide mentorship through COVID. Now, COVID has brought um, an obstacle, of course. Um, one of the things we used to, um, we used to be in um, Boys and Girls Club and mentor there. 
of course that that changed but our our mentoring was a little more unorthodox with a lot of things we did was we, we believe the strongest part of the community is the family so a lot of things that we would do that we start uh, one of our first was like we would do fundraiser car washes um um sell dinners but what would we do is that we would involve the entire family like we were as much as possible so we would have the children out there and the parents would be out there also because mm -hmm. what we're what we're our goal was to produce that family um, dynamics and then encourage it. if you have a strong community you usually find strong families behind it if you have a weak community the family structures will be weak so that's a big plus for us and we still do that today we we just gave away in december um, we gave away um, food for 300 people and a lot of the the volunteers of course had their families with them that's profound <laughs> i know it is <laughs> so huge. how hard is it as as a full volunteer organization how hard is it to get the word out about what you're doing um with, with at first it was very hard but with our strength and since we we've been around since 2007 it becomes much more easier i mean it'd be it's, it's, yeah, it's a lot easier than what it was at first it was very hard just to maintain um just for the 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 the, the men to the buy into what we were doing and also when you talk about mentoring i want you to know what once you you have to realize the men one thing I always like, the soldiers that you're working with, you have to utilize them in the best way. And so you, they have to be equipped for what you want. So we didn't have the, we, we wanted to um, start out, you know, mentoring with these young men, have them grow up and groom them. But we didn't have those type of men that would be committed with that. Could be, that's something you have to be committed to. You have to do it at least consistently. And so what we want to do is the, the you want to utilize everyone to their best capability and so the way the route we went was best for us hmm. how, go ahead no go ahead cindy i was just going to say how wide is your reach is it just the lansing area or do you serve some people that are outside of the lansing area as well um just, just outside hope um mason um okay. east lansing yeah so the surrounding areas yes do you have a do you have a vetting process? I mean, when, when it comes to your volunteers, do you, what do you how do you you know, you, you were just talking about making sure that you have the right people in place. What, what is your what is your uh, like process of that? Well, we do um, background check. And of course, um, um, we do um, reference checks to do that. Um, but most of it, if it's if a lot of them, we do that with our core group of volunteers. That's that's uh, with the parents. I mean, we usually, I mean, they're, that's usually our biggest winner because they're, they're they're already connected with their own children. But as far as the the as far as the men that we um, have in our group, um, we do the, um, the the sex um, background and. We, we do all the backgrounds that we need to to keep the children safe. Right. How is working in, in the community, how is it 
How has it helped you? What is the feeling that you get and you see that the volunteers receive when they're paying it forward to someone? Oh, it's, it, that's good. And, and it's, it feels very good. But our goal, we had one goal in mind. We wanted to to make volunteer on um, not something that you brag about, not something that you um say, oh, I did this, but we wanted to make it part of our everyday life. It was part of life. Basically, because you volunteer, you don't get a cookie. You're doing what you're supposed to for living life on this earth. So giving back, we feel like we try to produce around the people around us that it was, um, you're just giving, paying it forward for the life that's given to you. Yeah. And so it makes it more simpler that way. Makes a lot of sense. So how, I know that when you developed this program, this organization, um, we, and we're talking a lot about mentorship, and I know that that's one of the offshoots or one of the main um, tenets that you guys live by at Men Making a Difference. But did, were you mentored? How did you become in the, in this oh. in this situation of of being the mentor of the mentors here? Uh, tell us a little bit more oh, about your history with that. <clears throat> oh yeah, coming where I come from, um, like. Um, my father had committed suicide when I was 13 and he was our king at that time. He was a great father. Um, you know, he, he taught us a lot. He, I mean, being a black family, we had golf clubs at nine years old. He was that type of father, you know, riding bikes. He was a family man. So when we lost him, I lost a lot. So what happened is that, um, I went astray, started getting in trouble. Um, but I had mentors around me. You got to realize during this time, when I was growing up, the, especially in the black community, the, the community, this was where the, the um, crack epidemic hit. The families were strong. The men were strong in the community. They, um, they, they were proud men. And so the men at that time didn't have any organizations. You had the football that was stable in the community. But you also had men who, even though they didn't have organizations, they would take responsibility when they seen a child in need. And so I had that also, a guy named Ricky Middlebrook. So, you know, we would go to Sexton track meet. Sexton was big at that time. And high school sports was big, you know, and he just took that time out. Um, track meets were big. I mean, the track meets were, you would see both sides of the stands filled back in them days. Um, so sports was part of the community. You know, you had fashion shows. So I would go through all these things, these events, and they were community events. So during that time, even though we didn't have, um, we weren't associated with like Big Brother, Big Sister, no organizations like that. Um, you just connected with a, a, a person in the community, and that usually happened. All my friends um, had um, mentors, and they didn't really stress mentorship. It was just a friend at that time. And so that helped me out for drastically. It really did. I'm so thankful that you shared your story. Thank you for sharing that and, and being vulnerable. I'm wondering if you're seeing similar stories or if you could share um, a success story or maybe you could share how the kids are um, reacting or the positive things that have come from some of the kids that have received some of the mentorship and, you know, been guided in the right way 
tell us tell us some successes yeah. that you've seen. Yeah, I've seen a success. I've seen a young man. Um, we had connected one of our partners with Pro Styles Barbershop. They were right on Jolly. Um, and I seen when he, this young man started back in 2007 and uh, they would be out there washing cars. And the thing about it, we, they were raising cars. We was washing cars for the cookout to feed people. And so um, we did garden. Um, we would help with Avril Wood. So we were doing a lot of things they weren't used to. Um, but this young man um, came up to me not long ago and to say how he appreciated just giving back because you know, he had got in trouble at that at a young age, and he thought giving back was a punishment because the courts made him do volunteer work. Mm. And so what we, we didn't want there, our young people to think as uh, working in a community as a, a punishment, but it was, uh, it was something that was an asset, not a liability. Um, so once they get that connection that it is, um, that, that, that is something that's good, something they're supposed to, they become more productive. And even if they go astray, that's something that they're going to remember and they won't forget. You know, he still has his struggles, but he says that part of his life is, um, it was is something that was stable at that time and that he falls back on those memories. So those are good stories when we hear those. Those are good stories. Um, so with, now, as a as an organization such as yours, you have to work. You brought it up earlier about working with community partners. What community yes. partners? I mean, I know I think you mentioned the Boys and Girls Club. Um, prior yes. to COVID, prior to COVID, you were working prior with them um, uh, for what was it? An after school program, or what? What kind of program after was school it? School program, yes. Okay, so what other community partners have you found uh, to to partner with to help uh, help you with your mission to get the word out about what you're doing? Um, you know, um, the South Side, um, I think the, the South Side Center over on the, the South Side, on um, they're they're one of our great partners. Um, the Davies Project, um, Big Brothers Big Sister. Um, they've been a, a they was one of our first uh, connections with the cookout. Um, even the the city council they 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 helped us out a lot. Um, anything that we that we need um, help with as far as when we're doing programming, um, pro styles uh, right there. That's where we did our car washes and the young people would um, learn some work ethic also, things like that. So. Building, um, building those relationships is not just a one-way street, but as you, you learn to support each other because you, you can't get through it by yourself. So that's, those partners are huge. Can, can you tell us about maybe some of the needs that you may have? I don't know if you have a need to find more mentors or if you need um, potentially people to make donations, but I can imagine that people will hear your story and watch the podcast and want to know more information. So I'm wondering if you can just share what your immediate needs are and then maybe share where you hope to take your nonprofit in the next few years. Our most immediate need is, of course, donation and volunteers are always a big help. 
And one of the things that we want to do, we do want to develop where we um, we we connect with um, young, especially young men. What we're finding out is that um, in our community that we live in, the young men have such a struggle. Uh, they don't have a, a, a lot of um, the fathers are, are absent many times, especially in the black community. I think they did a statistic was 1.5 million um, men locked up. And so when you have that type of, of that many men locked up, there's going to be a, uh, there's going to be a problem in that community. It's going to be a problem. So those are some of the things that we want to address is that just the, the, to address the needs of, of young men in our community. And I want to mention out um, that um, I can't even think of the, the, the mentoring program right now. But anyway, um, to address the young men, their needs, um, develop them as from young men to men. That's one of the needs that we need to address and one of the things we will address in our future. Well, that's uh, that's amazing. So how many years has been, you said since 2007? Is that when you said you established 2007. Yep. Yes. Yeah. And uh, every summer you have a cookout. And it, I went, what was it, the last two, obviously, prior to COVID, because you didn't have one this past summer. Um, but the two... Uh, and it was amazing. It was amazing what what you guys had put on, um, and uh, and so I just give you a lot of a lot of credit. It blew me away um, when I was able to see what you guys were doing there um, um, at, uh, at the park. Um, blew me away. So, is there anything else that we didn't touch on that you wanna that you wanna talk about? Um, whether it's mentorship, whether it's about um, a little bit more about your organization, anything else you want to give a get a, us to touch on? Um, I just like to one one of the things we hope one of the challenges we see is getting young men involved in the communities, especially the the, the young men in their twenties um, and thirties. Um, we would love to see them start just learning the appreciate volunteer learn to give back you know lead the clubs along a little bit and just um and appreciate fatherhood appreciate that um privilege of uh for some of the, the 30 years we see right now that's a grown man you're not a child anymore and so we want to see them you know pull up their pants and be part of our community and just be men and so that's some of the things that we we try to influence one of the things we 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 try to if they see us working in the community, hopefully they think it's cool and you know it'll it'll carry on, and that's about it. Thank you. How can people get in touch with you, Andrew? If they want more information or if somebody wants to make a donation, can you share your um, your email, your website, that sort of stuff? Yeah, yeah. We're, our 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 email is difference at hotmail.com. And our website is nmad.us, and you can definitely catch us on Facebook um, um, right, at Men Making a Difference. Perfect. Yeah. 
Thank you very much, Andrew. We enjoyed having another chat oh, with you and learning a little bit more about your story, your journey. And hey, uh, I do recommend everybody go to their website, go to their Facebook page, find out what they're doing. And if you do have an opportunity, I just brought it up. Please stop by their cookout that they have every summer. You looking forward to it this year, Andrew? You got all the plans ready? We, we have it. It's always the second Sunday, of, second Saturday of July. So if the, if God's willing, we will have it if we can do it safely. Second <laughs> Sunday of July at Benjamin Davis Park. Thank you. Thank you for your service, Andrew. You're, you're doing a great thing for the community. Agreed. Thank so. You. Thanks, Andrew. We'll see you next time. All see right. you next time, uh, Cindy. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in to this edition of Mission Control. And uh, see you around. All right. Thank you. Bye-bye.